Hi, I'm Deirdre Veldon and this is Confronting Coronavirus, a daily podcast on the COVID-19 outbreak. Just two days ago, I started to pick up and feel a bit normal. Slight raspy throat, I think, still, just by the sounds of me, but, um, you know, still pretty much back to normal again now. That's my colleague at the Irish Times, Glenn Murphy. And we're all glad he's feeling better. Glenn works as a digital journalist and he got his test results on March 15th, becoming the first person in our workplace and one of around 170 in Ireland at the time who had been diagnosed with coronavirus. In the preceding weeks, we had been preparing for the moment when the Irish Times would have to be produced remotely. But we were nevertheless surprised with the speed at which this moment arrived and we had to test for real, as it were, whether we were ready. When did you first start to feel unwell? Um, I first started to feel unwell a little over two weeks ago, about two weeks ago. Um, it was a Sunday, late Saturday night, early into Sunday morning thing. I was down home in Kildare visiting my family, getting ready to do some voluntary work for the weekend that I do. And I uh, developed aches and pains. So I kind of put that down to the physical labour involved in the volunteering that I do. And it wasn't too unusual to feel that way anyway. Um, and after the long day I'd had regardless so I didn't think a whole lot of it Um, and then I went along and did whatever bits I needed to do on Sunday and I still had the aches and pains Did somewhere in your head did you think could this be the coronavirus? Absolutely, absolutely especially in our line of work it's been the biggest story for weeks on end regardless so it was kind of at the forefront of of my mind you know, I did put it down to being a little bit irrational. Though, how could you possibly have it? You haven't been abroad or anything like that. You haven't met anyone that has it that you know of. And, you know, you kind of do put the thought of, God, maybe I do have it to the back of your mind as the least likely option, the least likely outcome. But, unfortunately, that's what happened with me. So from that Sunday, when you were starting to feel unwell and you're, the symptoms you're describing there are, are, could be physical exhaustion or they could be kind of the, the onset of a flu, uh, over the next couple of days, how did you feel? Um, the symptoms definitely be- began to become more obvious. You know, a fever de- began to develop and a cough began to develop to the point that when I was in work on the following Wednesday morning, um, I'd been up quite early, which is unusual for me because I usually do the late shifts. Um, so I'd been up quite early, so I was tired because of that. I was on a very packed bus that morning. And then I came into work with an absolute splitting headache and with the fever again. And half an hour into the shift, I just said, no, I'm, I'm going home. I'm not risking this. Immediately set about trying to get a test sorted. And how easy was that? It was three days of difficulty, to be totally honest. Um, again, I do not in any way mean to belittle the frontline staff dealing with this. They are absolute saints and deserve to be treated as such. Um, but when I rang the HSE helpline, uh, on the Wednesday, I was continually deemed as a low-risk candidate uh, because I hadn't been abroad. I hadn't had any contact with a confirmed case. You know, I didn't have any underlying health conditions or anything like that. I still don't, thankfully. So it was basically three days of trying to get a test sorted from early Wednesday morning until I think 7 or 8 p.m. Friday night when the ambulance came to my apartment block here in Dublin and tested me in the car park. And, and what was that like? It was unusual. I'd been expecting the person to be in the full get-up, but when you see them standing in front of you, it's still a very different experience. Like, it does sort of... 
it does nail nail at home like you know what I mean you're like okay you're actually caught up you're now a statistic in a, a global pandemic like which is something that you know most people probably never experience and then the test itself was uh, relatively relatively hassle-free it's just a swab of the back of your throat and then a swab quite deep into both your nostrils so it's a little bit uncomfortable but it's fine it only takes a couple of seconds did you speak to anybody at length while while the test was going on? Uh, well, I couldn't really speak that much with where they were sticking the swabs. So um, I did just ask the person, uh, the, the the woman doctor who was there, I did just ask, I just asked her, look, what's what happens next? Do I go into hospital if I have it or what's the story like? And they said, no, uh, they said, unless you're very, very bad, we won't be taking you to hospital. And I said, OK, well, that's that's fine. You know, not that I have any qualms about going into hospital either way, like, but um they gave me this little pack which contained two face masks, uh, some printed out advice on a sheet of paper, a couple of sheets of paper, um, and then two bin bags for putting my rubbish into and then for putting the bag into that bag, if you understand, uh, for when I am throwing my stuff away. So I still, I'm still doing that, you know, I'm still in the process of doing that today of cleaning everything uh, back down again, you know. And what was the advice? Uh, well, the advice was... N- was to stay indoors, uh, maintain the self-isolation that I had been doing since Wednesday. I didn't have any face-to-face contact with my housemates except for out my bedroom window, which just outside my bedroom window is our balcony. So if they're outside having a smoke for argument's sake, they're standing there uh, looking in at me in the room here, so or you know looking out in the balcony. So I was able to speak to them through the window. And then once I got the testers, I got the test result about 48 hours later on, on the Sunday. Then I was told, right, you're in full on quarantine now. Get people to drop supplies to you. Let your housemates leave things at your door in terms of making meals and stuff like that. Um, And basically only leave your room to go to the bathroom kind of thing, you know. And thankfully, the bathroom is directly across the hall from me here. And what were your symptoms at that stage then? I was definitely getting sicker. Like by the, let's say the Monday and Tuesday of this week just gone, I was not able to do a whole lot except stay in bed shiver and sweat really and kind of stare into space Um, I found it very hard to even look at a phone or answer a phone call um, or to you know speak to anyone or hold a conversation like you know I did a some amount of uh, diarrhea and I did a some amount of vomiting uh, which I know are not supposed to be symptoms of it but that's definitely what I suffered with because it got to a point where I couldn't keep water down for argument's sake or I couldn't keep the paracetamol down. And how many days was it before you started to feel a bit better? Um, probably Friday, just two days ago, I started to pick up and feel a bit normal. And today's Sunday, so yeah, I feel, I feel pretty much normal again today now. Slight raspy throat, I think, still, just by the sounds of me, but, um, you know, still pretty much back to normal again now. Looking then at the contact tracing, um, is that a process that that you understood to begin immediately you were diagnosed? Uh, Yeah, my understanding is that some of my friends, some of the guys I do the volunteering with were contacted within an hour of me being given the result and me providing the information. So some of them were contacted straight away and I think some of them were contacted the day after. I cannot confirm that. I'd I'd have to double check with them. But as far as I know, it was for the most part instantaneous. Um, even my parents were contacted, you know, as I was getting the result almost. 
I think you gave around 40 contacts to the HSE as part of this. Do you know if any of those people have been diagnosed since? Uh, Nobody I know has been diagnosed since. Um, Friends of mine have not been showing any real symptoms. My parents did show some symptoms. Uh, My dad is now pretty much back to normal. He's, you know, he had a bit of a cough and a bit of fever and the aches and pains, but that seems to have subsided in and of itself. Uh, My mother, unfortunately, is in hospital with pneumonia, which is most likely related to it. Um, Especially it's very unusual for her to get sick in any way, shape or form. So she was tested when she was brought into Nace General Hospital on, uh, I think it was the day before yesterday, so it might be Friday. Um, And she's still waiting on her test result there. So we might get that today. We might get that tomorrow, most likely. Um, But I think the fact that, you know, my parents spent a week trying to get tested after having direct contact with me is just absolutely insane. I understand the system is under absolutely unprecedented pressure, but I assumed everyone that I'd had direct contact with has now been, with myself now being a confirmed case, most likely through community transmission of some description, um, I assumed every single person would be tested that I was in touch with. But that's not the case at all. That hasn't happened. Um, my own dad is got a text today saying he'll be tested tomorrow. That's a full eight days after my diagnosis. Um, I, and I just can't understand how people who are in such close proximity to a confirmed case aren't prioritised. You know, and I'm very fortunate that my parents are generally quite healthy and they're, they're only in their early 50s, you know. But I think the fact that my mum's now gone into hospital with what was we were told was a lung infection and now we're, we're being told is pneumonia. You know, I, I just think it's crazy that she wasn't tested until she was brought in. Even now she's in a ward on her own where... You know, she's saying the doctors and that don't come near her for six hours a day. Like, Are you worried that in the intervening time in all of these cases that um, those people, those contacts of yours will be passing on the virus themselves? It, it is obviously a distinct possibility. Um, now, thankfully, a lot of them have been very sensible and have been in. They, they adhere to the self-isolation practices, when, especially when they found out they were in contact with me, you know. Um, they did take the week off work or they did work from home. They did they did stay away from the other people in their households as much as possible. Uh, my main concern when I had it and when I was being tested for it was obviously, am I going to pass this on to someone who's more vulnerable, you know? Because that, that was definitely the biggest worry for me. My attitude all along was kind of, okay, we need to do what we need to do. We need to do the self-isolation. We need to do the hand washing. We need to follow all the rules. Everyone needs to do that. But at the same time, if I, as a young person, get it, then I'm sick for two weeks and then I'm okay. You know, I can live with that. For me personally, the the thing I was always most worried about and quite literally losing sleep over was infecting someone who could be very, very ill or, you know, worst case scenario, die from it. So, Glenn, you mentioned that the morning that you left work feeling feeling unwell, you had come to work on a bus, a, a busy bus. Did the HSE talk to you about that? I'll, I'll tell you exactly what happened when I left work. So I left work and I immediately went to ring the HSE hotline. And I was sort of standing around in the middle of O'Connell Street, consciously maintaining my physical distance from people in so much as you can. Um, I rang them and I was on hold for an hour. I'd say easily an hour. So I actually ended up walking home from work rather than getting a bus home 
uh, I got the bus into work that morning, which was quite full. That was at about half seven that morning. But even I remember being on the bus that morning and listening to all the coughs and sneezes going around. There was a very obvious tension in the air. Everyone was quite tense. Um, people were sort of looking around, seeing who was coughing, how far away they were sitting from from each other and that kind of thing, you know. And everyone was trying not to sit directly next to each other. But obviously, it was a busy bus. They had to, you know. So I informed the HSE about that and they asked me about my what the bus route was, what stops I got on and off at, roughly how long the journey lasted for, how busy the bus was, that kind of thing. So they did seem interested in that. But again, I'm, I'm really not sure what became of that um, afterwards, you know. Um, I, I don't know if they were able to contact every single person that was on the bus then at that time, you know. After the start of, uh, after the diagnosis and the start of contact tracing, Glenn, did you have much contact from the HSE after that? Um, no, I was given my contact, uh, sorry, I was given my result. And then I actually had a phone call yesterday from HSE Southeast, which is in Kilkenny. It was a Kilkenny number rang me rather than HSE East, where I, you know, with me living in Dublin. Uh, they actually rang me to ask, by the way, did you get your test result there? And that was a good six days after I'd been given it. So the one, I said, yeah, I was given it last Sunday. And the woman on the phone just said, oh, that's grand. We just wanted to make sure because we in the Southeast Division took on some of the Eastern Divisions to help them out at the start of last week. Uh, just to give them a dig out, basically. And now we're just trying to make sure that we've all the loose ends tied up and everything else. So what's your plan in terms of the full recovery, Glenn? Uh, when, when do you plan to, I suppose, you know, come out of self-isolation and you know, get back to, to normal life? Well, I was told when I was given the diagnosis, I was told to stay in the full quarantine for a week, which was this day last week, last Sunday. So I've adhered to that. And only this morning did I go into the sitting room in the apartment that I share with two guys here in Dublin for the first time in 10 days, I'd say. So, you know, in terms of meals and stuff like that they, and anything I've needed, they've just been leaving them at the door in the hallway leaving the hallway and then I've gone to my door to get it like you know what I mean just to make sure we're not in any way in the same common space so even this morning I was able to just go out and make a cup of coffee myself which I wasn't able to do for the last nearly two weeks um I guess the plan now is to you know make sure I'm absolutely 100% clear um give the apartment a thorough scrub down and then just go back you know being able, at least having the ability to go out and go for a walk and maintain my distance from people and stuff like that, you know. What's been the hardest part of the last week? Yeah, certainly the hardest part, without, without a doubt, has been worrying about my mum since she went into hospital because um, it's just very uncharacteristic for anyone in my family to be in hospital for a long time, you know, um, especially in the current circumstances that only heightens the anxiety around it. Because obviously nobody can go anywhere near her. My sister actually dropped some stuff to the hospital, but she had to leave it outside. And then the nurse or the doctor, whoever brought it in there, brought it in to my mom. So, yeah, obviously being concerned about her is has definitely been the worst part of this week. And I mean, outside of that, you know, I've been Skyping and video calling with friends and still having conversations on the phone with people every day. Like, you know, so it's not been... I haven't not spoken to anyone in the last 10 days or anything like that. Um, 
but I'm looking forward to just being able to even go outside just for a walk again, especially with what a nice day it is today. Actually, it's a lovely day today. So, You bet. How do you feel now, Glenn? Uh, I feel totally normal. Uh, genuinely, I feel very, very normal. I do feel a, still a little bit lethargic and still a little bit tired. But I'd imagine that's because I've mostly been lying in bed for the last nine, ten days. Um, so hopefully that will start to pass again and I'll start to feel normal. You know, uh, I haven't really been able to cook a proper meal myself in that time. So I'll be able to do that tonight with the food I have here. So it should be it should be fine. You know, I think just getting back to some semblance of normality will will be a, a great help. So there's a lot of discussion going on uh, about young people feeling that they are sort of impervious to this. Um, would you have any advice for young people? I No, I'm, I, I'm not going to say advice specifically for young people in general. I'm just going to say advice for anyone. Yeah. The social distancing rules exist for a reason. They will absolutely save lives of people who are more vulnerable to this disease and they absolutely must be adhered to. I know we're in absolutely unprecedented times. This is not something any of us have ever really lived through before. Uh, I don't know if there's anything remotely comparable to it. It's certainly in my lifetime at 25 years of age. But the social distancing and the self-isolation rules do exist for a reason. Same with the the basic levels of hygiene, like keeping your hands clean, not touching your face. There are people who know a lot more about this work in 24 hours to try and find some kind of vaccine or try and find some kind of, of cure for it. And I think we'll all be very grateful for the day that the vaccine does eventually arrive. That's perfect. Thanks a million, Glenn. Glenn seems surprised at the time that has passed since his test came back positive and plans were made to test his parents, both of whom were apparently symptomatic. This comes as we hear that around 40,000 people are now waiting to be tested. The HSE tested around 2,000 a day last week. They're looking to ramp this up to 4,500 daily by midweek via 41 test centres and we are still establishing and securing supplies of test kits. This is Chief Executive of the HSE, Paul Reid. I just want to reassure everybody, we're working around the clock and securing key medical and equipment supplies. I'll acknowledge that there is currently a delay and there has been a delay in the past few days in terms of carrying out some tests. But we have made some progress. Almost 40,000 of the sample collection kits are being distributed currently. For the 20,000 will arrive on Wednesday and they will be distributed further. Across the world, and specifically with China, we're in an advanced stage of negotiations uh, to secure a further 100,000 delivery per week. And we're making good progress on that. My thanks to Declan Conlon and Suzanne Brennan who produced today's podcast. And thanks for listening. Stay up to date with the latest developments at irishtimes.com. We'll be back tomorrow.